I always get nervous about this thing being on or off when I'm singing, so whew, always really makes me nervous. So I really wait till I get up here to turn this on because that would be ugly. I'm sorry to all the people around me. It's just it was a good worship morning this morning. So good job, worship team. They told me they had seven hours of worship this morning, so I was like, okay, I'm with you. I can do it. I'm going to pray right quick, and then, um, then we'll get started. Father, thank you for today. Thank you that you have created this place and provided this place for us to come as a family to, um, to worship you, to support each other, um, to encourage each other, um, to learn your word, and most importantly, to worship you. Thank you that you've given us this freely, that we don't have to work for it. We don't have to do anything for it. We just show up. We just show up here, and the worship team is here. Some days I'm not sure how it happens. The speaker is here. The elders are here. The people are here. The coffee people are here. The PowerPoint people are here. The sound people are here. And you provide all that for us so that we can come here to worship you. We get to do this. And I just praise you for that. I thank you for the word that you've given me today. Um, and I just pray that your words are the words that I speak and nothing is for me. In your name we pray, amen. So I'm going to point somebody out, but I don't see where they're at. Oh, there he is. So Terry, I just want to say to you, that last song that we just sang, the battles are done. He's won them. So whatever it is that the enemy's messing in your head, get it. it's it's cleaned up, and it's won, and it's taken care of. Got it? And anybody else who's hearing those words in your head that, you know, things aren't good or things are bad or, well, that's the same thing. Whatever. Anyway, so what, you know, whatever the enemy's trying to throw at you, um, the battle's won, and it's done, and you don't have to worry about those things because God's taking care of us and those things. So... So I'm sure that most of us here are on social media, some of us. Um, I am because I find some of it enjoyable, and what I don't, I just hide or delete. So I, find, I have created my page so that it encourages me instead of discourages me. So um, I find sometimes still that these little things creep in, and I want to talk about these things today. Things that God doesn't say or do. Because we hear people say these things. We see people type these things. We see pictures with, you know, pretty pictures with stuff on them. And he doesn't really say those things. So the first one we're going to talk about is, when going through difficult times, never fall for the lie that God is testing you. If I ask for you to raise your hand, I'm sure that everyone in this room has seen that somewhere, right? He's not testing you. I grew up in my life thinking this, that these things that I am going through is because God wants to make sure that my faith is strong. Absolutely not. And we're going to put those things, we're going to put a few of these to rest today. So James 1, 13, 14, and after I did my slideshow, I realized, I did this on my iPad, and I, it looked really big on my iPad. I see now it does not look really big up there. 
<laughs> so I apologize for that. So I'm going to read it to you. James 1:13 through 14 says, let, although it's looking pretty small on my iPad right now, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil. So, okay, let's stop right there for a second. God is not tempted by evil, so all these tests that people say are, throwing, are being thrown against you, they are evil, right? Right. So, God can't be tempted by evil. Um, nor does he himself tempt anyone else. Anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So do you see that? We got we to gotta put some of this back on us because it's the enemy in our head telling us, okay, God must be telling you this or must be doing this because you're not at church enough or you're not hanging out with the right people or he's going to break your leg so you have time to sit down and read and, and connect with him. Absolutely not. That's evil. So that is always coming from the enemy, and God is never tempted by that evil. So each one of us tends to be tempted when we go out on our own, right? All right, let's go to the next one that I found. I especially like this one because there's a beach scene in it, but... Jesus never made anyone sick because sickness is not the will of God. So he didn't make my grandma have cancer. He didn't make my dad have cancer. He didn't make your family member have cancer. He didn't make your family member come to heaven. He didn't make my family member come to heaven because that's not his will. His will is that we are strong and that we are mighty and we are 100% in, we are 100 in his image. That's what the Bible says. We are 100% in his image. So if any of that, those things, those things can't exist in his image is what I'm, I'm trying to get at. So I found Jeremiah 17, 14. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. So there's a promise that you can just take with you and say, hey, you know, if somebody says, well, you know, this sickness is because God's trying to tell you something. no. Nope, it is his will that I am free and I am saved, I'm saved and I am well. So I want to talk about these two things. Um, these two were some of the numerous amounts of things that I saved when I was trying to do this research, like different things that I see all over Facebook or all over whatever, any kind of social media. But these two really stood out to me because these are two of the ones that I hear the most, right? So we're going to talk about today my favorite, one of my favorite, in the first, verse, first book of the Bible that I learned, um, the 23rd Psalms. And we're going to pull one verse out. And again, I apologize. This looked really big on my iPad. <laughs> so, um, but we all, um, um, if you have your Bibles with you, you can pull up the 23rd Psalms. I pulled this one up in the um, Passion Translation because I love some of the wording in this. I mean, I like the wording and all of it, but I love that. Um, I love some of the way this translation says it. I'm just going to pull out a couple of things that, that just stand out to me. He's my best friend. Um, I always have more than enough. He gives me a resting place. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace near the quiet brook of bliss. Now, if I were writing that part, I would change it to say, 
he, he leads me to sand in crashing waves because that's my peace. <laughs> but we'll go with the brook and the quiet. Some people might like quiet. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will, fear will never conquer me because he already has. His Holy Spirit has already conquered me. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. <clears throat> you become my delicious feast even when my enemies dare to fight. So even when we're standing in the midst of the enemy, of whatever the enemy is trying to do, God is feeding us and continues to feed us in those times when our enemies are trying to just bring us down. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of until my cup overflows. So why would I fear the future? Only goodness and tender love pursue me all the days of my life. And then afterwards, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. So I'm going to pull out one verse, and we're going to talk about three different points. And I promise they're not like Isaac's three points. They're Tammy points, because if it were three Isaac points, then we might be here till 2 or 3 o'clock. I haven't seen him in a little bit, so I just got to pick on him today. All right. So he shows us time and time again, you can go to the next one. He shows us time and time again that he will, he will and can, oh my goodness, I can't read my note, can provide for those who follow him. So the 23rd Psalm was built by, was written by David. Um, and David was an old man when he wrote the 23rd Psalms, and he had seen tragedy, he had seen disappointments, but he had also come to know God. So here are some things that I thought of during reading this, um, reading this passage again. The good shepherd provides. He provides provision, so I have everything that I need to have. I might not have everything that I want, but I have everything that I need. Peace, I have rest from a, a weary journey. I have protection, I have safety from the enemy who tries to bring me down. I have providence. I have guidance in times of confusion. His presence is there, and it's paradise. So one day I get to be in heaven with him. Praise Jesus. So my first point is, God's goodness comes from his nature and not our worthiness. Thank goodness, right? I sometimes I really don't feel like I am worthy of what he's given me. So I looked up, as I was reading this, I looked up um, the definition of surely. Because to me, so I, whenever, before I looked it up, I'm like, this is a confidence type thing. I'm confident that this is what is happening. I know this is what is happening. And the definition is, is it's used to emphasize a speaker's firm belief that what they are saving, saying is true, and often they're surprised that there is any doubt of it. So we have no doubt. So surely, goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. Or another translation that we'll look at on the next slide is, surely, goodness and love shall follow me all the days of my life. So I thought that that was very um, comforting in that, okay, 
surely they're going to do this, or I say that sometimes, surely this is going to happen, surely it's not going to rain today. I don't feel real confident sometimes when I say that. So now, after reading this, and after reading it in my favorite book of the Bible, it makes me, it's going to make me think a lot more about when I say that word. Because um, I know that his goodness is going to be with me. I know that no matter what um, the enemy tries to throw at me, that I am confident in him, and surely he is there always. All right, the second one. God's love comes from his character and not our virtue. So that's what I I added um, the NIV version. The first one was the New King James version. Um, But surely goodness and love shall follow me all the days of my life. So Daniel's word, I'm sorry, David's word for God's tender affection is a term used in the ancient world to mean love that flows out of deep emotion rather than duty. It's kind and gentle love. It's a quaint old word, um, love kindness, that may still be the best, best translation of all. So when you, when you hear that, that his love follows him all the days of our lives, it's um, it, it seems to make me think about, okay, I have all of this, but I don't really, I don't have to earn this, and I don't have to work for this. I just have to, um, I just have to be with God and be in his presence and, and turn to him whenever I'm not certain what's happening, right? God's nature is to love sacrificially, selfishly, extravagantly, beyond our wildest expectations, Never was this truth more magnificently portrayed as on the cross his sinless, um, by his sinless son dying on behalf of sinful humanity, giving us the opportunity of salvation and eternal life that which we do not deserve, but that is just like God's love, simulated by his character, but not by our virtue. So not by anything that we have done or said or are going to do or say. It's by his love. See, I'm already on the third point, so sorry, Isaac. You know, I I always say to them, you know, this is probably not going to go longer than 15 minutes because I can't talk like that. I mean, I can talk, but I I can't talk all the, I can't bring up, put together all the situations that Isaac does, right? I can't do that. But I read somewhere that people only listen for 15 minutes, right? So I got one up on you. Sorry. I'm just kidding. He's like, he's like my brother, so I got to give him a hard time. All right, next point. God's house draws us home. And this is the one that really hits my heart because everyone knows I'm from North Carolina originally, so that's where I used to call home. Um, I always now say home is home is Ohio and home is North Carolina, so people get confused. But um, but um, in my now in my uh, later years after family have gone on and um, they're not there any longer, it feels a little bit different, you know. <clears throat> but that's the beauty of God's home. It doesn't change. It doesn't move. It doesn't die. It doesn't get sick. It doesn't walk out on you for a little while. It doesn't not talk to you except very badly for seven years or however long it's been. 
It doesn't do that. <laughs> I say that because I haven't talked to my brother in about seven years in a decent conversation that one of us is not hanging up at some point on the other. And it was about three, four weeks ago, I got a text message. This is going to sound so terrible. But I got a text message from his ex-wife who said, his first ex-wife, who said, your brother needs to talk to you. He's in a bad spot. Can you call him? So just a little history is my grandma passed away three years ago in this coming October, and I have not talked to him since then. And then it was ugly. <laughs> so she says, um, he needs to talk to you. He's in a bad spot. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. You know, is he going to, is he going to cuss me out? What's going to, you know, what's going to happen? She's like, no, I don't think so. And I think you need to call him. I'm like, all right, well, I'll think about it. So I did. I thought about it the rest of the day and I talked to Matt and it was the right thing to do. Right? So I called him and we're talking and he is going through a bad situation right now. His, he and his current wife have separated, but he, and I, that sounds terrible, but the awesome part about it is, is he's spending now more time with his kids. He's talking to me and my sister, who he has not talked to in those seven years. <laughs> so sometimes that thing, that's a blessing, right? I don't know where I was going with this story. But see, this is why I don't tell stories, because I lose my train of thought. Anyway, so that's what home was, is that, you know, he was one of the people who used to be there. Now we're not talking. So is it really home anymore? I don't know. But I would say there's something magnetic about home. For me, what brings me to North Carolina, brings me back to North Carolina, I have a sister there, my cousins, um, who are all like my siblings. And it's the views of, you know, the area, the beach, the mountains, the, the beauty, the stuff, the cheer wine. I can go get cheer wine, and I can go get Nisa's sausage, and I can get the hot dogs that I like but shouldn't eat. Um, so it's a, com it's a comforting type of thing. So if you think that, if you're not from, but then when I go home and I'm there, and Matt will, will say this, tell you this, and confirm this for you, is when I am there, I can be there about three, four days, and I'm like, I'm ready to go home. Let's, and it doesn't have anything with sleeping in my own bed. It has to be with, I want to be in my house, around my things, where my people are. So it always draws us back. So if you've stayed any time with a friend or a family member, um, like when my grandma was sick I, and, or she passed away, I went and I stayed with my sister for probably four days, and then I stayed. Then Matt came down. We stayed at my grandma's house for another week, and I was just ready to be home in Ohio. If you've been out on the road for what seems a long time, our summer's been crazy, and I just now, I just want to be home. I'm ready to be home. If you've been away at college, this did not happen when Luke went to college. I'm just saying. He was home every weekend. <laughs> but that's okay. But you're ready to get, and I'm certain this is not the reason he was ready to come back home. But if you're away at college sharing a dorm room with a slob, and you miss your own room that's neat and organized. So I'm certain that's not the reason Luke came back home. But 
I'm grateful that he did because that means that he gets to hang out with his little brother. So for me, it's not only being in my home that I share with my favorite people. I always looked forward to going home to North Carolina and see my granny. Because when I walked in the house, there was a smell. There was a, now some, you know, we'll say, TJ will say sometimes, oh, that smells like Granny Pat's house. Yep, it does. It's not a bad smell. It's just the smell of Granny Pat's house. Um, it was the decor that I walked into and the furniture that probably is the same decor and furniture as when I was a kid, like when I was born, probably. Same decor and furniture, because my grandmother really didn't care about stuff like that. Um, it was, I could walk into the kitchen and open the door in the, in the pantry, and there were Fruit Loops in the pantry, because that's my favorite cereal. I don't eat all the time, but I love to eat. So those things I knew were there. And that's what, brought, that's what brought me back to, wanted me to go back there. We have since sold her house, um, and that was one of the hardest things I've ever done, but we have since sold her house, and so I can't go back and do those things anymore. So my home, that home really isn't calling me back there. That's why I like being in my home here in Ohio, because I have a cabinet that was in her house, in the bedroom that was ours when we were there, um, I have the sewing machine table that doesn't have the sewing machine any longer in it, but it's very pretty, and I have that in my home. I have a blanket that was a Dale Earnhardt blanket that was on the back of my grandpa and grandpa's couch from I don't know when. It was always there. <clears throat> I have that in my home now. I have a quilt that was hers that's in my room now. So all these things I've combined and brought her home to my home. So we're going to talk at the end, we're going to talk about the end of the 23rd Psalm when David talks about, um, let me go back to here so I can say it, um, so I can do it correctly. Yeah, here we go. Okay, so why would I fear the future? Only goodness and tender love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. So he is, going, he is talking about returning home to be in God's presence. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The word and, which I, after I read this, I went back and read some other things. And I'm like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. The word and is one of the most important connections in the Bible. It connects yesterday and today and tomorrow Exactly what God is. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And I like putting that and between yesterday and today and tomorrow because that reminds us that everything has stayed the same with him. It connect, it, God says, I've got this great plan for you, and surely goodness and mercy will follow you through it. But that's not the end. That's not the end of what happens when we... You know, when we are sitting in his house and we're sitting in his presence, that's not the end. It's just sitting there. We get to go on to this glorious place and spend eternity with him. So he says, I got something else at the end. The word dwell means to reside or to settle down and be at home with. The word house means the family or household or flock of the good shepherd. 
It denotes to be in God's presence. The word forever means the length of one's days for all of one's time. David is saying that he never wants to step away from God. He craves to remain in, his at- in the atmosphere, in the awareness that he is in God's house wherever he is. David asked God for one thing, and that was to be in his presence, to be in his house. If you ask God for one thing, and I, asked, I thought this to myself, the first thing that popped in my mind was not dwelling in his house forever. That was not the first thing I wanted to ask God. I think I probably wanted to ask God, you know, is my dad there? I want to be 100% confirmed that he's there. I'm about 98%, but I would like 100%. <laughs> you know, I want 100% that he's there, and I'm going to see him again. David doesn't want to chat or have a cup of coffee. He wants to move in with him forever. He wants to move into that house that God has for us forever. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to go there just for a temporary assignment. He doesn't want to go for a short period of time. He doesn't want anything else. And after reading all of that and thinking about all of that, it makes so much sense that David knows that if he moves in with God for the rest of his life, everything else is just small. Any troubles or difficulties that he has experienced or will experience, they're just small pebbles. Tom getting ready to finish uh, I got like five more minutes or so so I read I was I read an article about um, a questionnaire from um, a Christian school and they asked they asked children by faith following the sentence by faith I know that God is and these are from third and fourth graders so this is how I want to think because I think it is awesome God is forgiving because he forgave in the Bible. And he forgave me when I went in the road on my bike without one of my parents. Listen to how simple that sounds. Just, Just to know that this is why God is faithful, because he forgives. It's so simple. He provides because he dropped manna for Moses and the people and gave my dad a job, right? He is caring because he made the blind man see and he made me catch a very fast line drive that could have hurt me. He probably sent an angel down. Matt's mom, a lot of the time, we were talking about this on Wednesday, and she has said this several times before. Think about all the times that um, he intervened for us. And Jill shared a story about them on last Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday that five, four, four cars had pulled out in front of her while she was going to pick Jerry up from a doctor's appointment. Four cars. Three before she picked Jerry up, and one after she picked Jerry up. And he's like, whoa, that was close. And she's like, that's the fourth time today. And God intervened in every one of those situations. 
He is merciful because my brother has been nice to me for a year. He is faithful because the school bill came and my mom didn't know how we were going to pay for it. Two minutes later, my dad called and he just got a bonus check. That's God. He is sweet and I love that. He's so sweet because he gave me a dog. God tells me not to do things that are bad. I need someone like that. We need someone like that, just like these third and fourth graders. We need to take it down, just very simple words, and not make all this complicated. We don't have to make all this complicated. It can just be those sweet, small things, forgiving, providing, caring, merciful, faithful, sweet. Those are the things that God is. And when we sit down in that house, instead of sitting down in a house of, well, I wish this would happen, or I wish, I wish I could get a better job, or I wish I could have more money in my checking account, or I wish this. How about let's start saying instead, I am thankful, God, that I have food to eat. I am thankful, God, that I have, for me, sometimes I'm not so thankful, but I have four dogs that keep me company. I am thankful that you are with me, and no matter what the enemy tells me, I don't have to listen to it. I can say, you know what? That's not what God says. Get out. This is what God says. This is who I am. When I'm down on myself, that's not what God wants for me. Because when we're down on ourselves or we're you know, trying to deal with the junk the enemy is throwing at us, we're not going to want to go out and share that word with anybody else. Are we going to feel like it? We're not going to feel like it down in those dumps. Because if I say to Shirley, Shirley, I'm having the worst day in the world. Why does all this stuff keep happening to me? Do you think she's going to be encouraged? Absolutely not. No. And that's what the enemy's goal is. He's, his goal is to keep us down into that junk and keep us out of this. To get us out of God's house. Because... If, as long as he does that, we're not going to go around sharing the word. We're not going to go around sharing how good God is and how sweet he is and how he provides and how he's with, still with us no matter the circumstances the enemy has done. No matter what he has put us through. So I would just encourage us, and I'm encouraging me most of all, <laughs> because I am not... I, I need to get better at this, to write down what am I thankful for. I have tons, tons of journals. You feel me? Yeah. <clears throat> She's my girl on that connection. So I have tons of journals. I got tons of journaling starters. What are you thankful for today? Do you know how many are written in them? I don't, I couldn't even, maybe one, two. It's not because I'm not thankful because I am. I just need to take notice of it. I need to take notice of the thankfulness of what I have. And take notice of what God has provided me. Yesterday, I wasn't going to say, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I'm going to. Yesterday, I had a little bit of a scare. My little mama heart flipped out a little bit because TJ had a race yesterday and had an accident. And a car hit him hard. 
and he was still sitting in the car, not moving, and, or not being pushed off. And then I'm standing there, and TJ's friend's standing with me, and he's, she's like, he's crying, he's hurt. And I'm like, no, he's probably just upset. He's not hurt, you know? So then they called the medic, and I'm like, Addie, he's hurt. Let's go. <laughs> so let's, let's go and see what happens. So we went, and his legs were tingly, but he was, okay. he was good, of course. Of course he's good because he's protected. But immediately, I didn't ask him if he was okay. And this is where I need to get better in life with everything else. I didn't ask him if he was okay. I just put my hand right in his, and I just started praying. And I just started thanking God that his legs are good, that when he, he's going to get right out of his car, and he's going to walk, and we're going to race again next week. And that's exactly what happened. His legs were a little tingly because hit, he hit his knees, but he's here today somewhere, probably in the classroom where he's not supposed to be. But um, he, um, um, I'm sure Tanner's going to love that. <laughs> but um, I knew as soon as I walked over, I didn't need to say a word to him. The medics were talking to him and asking him, you know, touching his feet and doing all that medical stuff that they do. But I didn't need any of that because I know what I got. Because I grabbed his hand and I started praying. And, um, and he was fine. He's fine. So step out and stand in that thankfulness. I'm going to tell you one more quick story and then I'll be finished. Yesterday, Isaac, <laughs> I wasn't me this time. It was over here. <laughs> so um, one of TJ's friends, Lily, that races too, a few weeks ago when we were in Toledo, I always, TJ and I always pray before he goes out to race. Um, and if I forget, he reminds me. He'll say, Mom, come here. And he just puts his hand out. That's all he does. And um, so I prayed with him. And then Lily was starting behind him. And I said, hey, would you mind? I said to her mom, I said, hey, would you mind if I pray with Lily before she goes out? And she's like, absolutely not. So Lily and I prayed together. And she got to tell me this weekend, her mom told me, Michelle, she said, you started something. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, Lily now asked me to pray every time before she goes out. It's that one little bit of stepping out. You never know what you're going to do. Had I felt like I had been in the dumps that day, I may not have prayed with Lily because I didn't think I'd feel good about it. You know, I'd want to. But I didn't. I stepped away from the enemy. I walked in what I know is true and prayed with Lily. And now they have started the same tradition, the same ritual before the race. So sit in his house and, and feel the love and the compassion and the stuff that just comes over you when you're sitting in God's house. Because then it makes you want to go out and share with everybody else. Hey, look what has happened. And it's not bragging. It's not bragging at all that you can go out and say, hey, look what has been provided for us. We were wondering. We were worried. This happened when we started our business. I was terrified. When Matt said, I think we're gonna go, we need to go out on our own. And I'm like, I don't know about that. You know, I was terrified. But that night that we decided, the phone has not stopped ringing since then. And he has blessed us with an awesome business and customers. And family members that, that have become close friends because of this business. So step out and sit in that goodness. And that'll, it just, man, it feels so good. 
to be able to sit in God's house when all the enemy is trying to do is bring you down.